Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Coin Purse Podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today I'm joined by Jonathan Bloom. Welcome, Jonathan. Hey, Luke. How you doing? Doing well. Super glad to have you today. Oh, I'm uh, excited. <laughs> for anybody who's been listening, I've been uh, teasing getting uh, Jonathan on the podcast here for a couple weeks. But uh, yeah, we're excited to finally connect and uh, have the opportunity to talk. So today we're talking about finances and wealth and how crypto weaves within that and how money serves your life and all that. So, uh, so Jonathan, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Um, you know, how you got into this space and, and how you think about it? Yeah. So, uh, great to be here by the way. So I, I've been on uh, wall street, you know, ever since coming out of college, I was a sales trader back in the day. I uh, covered hedge funds, macro hedge funds. And even when I was trading in you know, 2014, 2017, I was watching Bitcoin just start to develop, right? So I always kept my, uh, <clears throat> hang on one second. All good. Sorry about that. So uh, yeah, I've been, you know, I've been watching all this stuff uh, kind of develop and come to fruition. Um, and, you know, from a macro standpoint, you, you want to, you know, uh, achieve the best opportunity costs, right? So, you know, when you look at all the stimulus that's come in and you you kind of understand, you know, how printing the money, how it works, and it's just really interesting. And and I was I'm old enough to remember the internet uh back in the nineties. Yeah. So this this is like the next iteration of the internet basically. And it's just a wonderful opportunity. And I would just hate to see people miss it, right? It's gonna change some lives, right? So Sure. That's why that's why I promote it so much. And I think it really does tie in wonderfully with the financial literacy as well. It really is a uh, financial literacy accelerator and enabler. Right. Because, you know, obviously cash flow is really important, but you also want to see your investments do well so that you can you know, get to more personal freedom and financial freedom and, and get about your life. Right. So, For sure. uh, yeah, man, been in finance my, my whole life and I've done some coaching back in the day. So it's just great to be here. Yeah. Glad to have you. Um, yeah, I think it's super interesting with crypto, how it really brings like the, the details and the inner workings of finance to the masses. Um, and obviously there's like a PhD you need to get on the topic to really understand how everything in DeFi works. Basically for, for crypto, when you bring that concept to like closer to the individual, you have to learn uh, how all the inner workings of finance work versus just, you know, before you had to learn like how to manage your own bank account and for sure the best rate of return. So it's, it's harder. There's a bigger ramp there, but it does right. help when you do get into it uh, to understand a lot more about why you're making those decisions. Yeah. I think look, the DeFi is really manual, but the, the ability to be your own bank, the ability to borrow uh, against your portfolio is something that was previously held out for the ultra wealthy only, right? You had to be a Rockefeller to do it. Um, and I just think that that just goes to show you some of the empowerment that crypto really has. Right. And um, the L ones and the new internet and the blockchain technology is absolutely fabulous. So I think a lot of people, tend to look at crypto as just a monetary feature, which of course it has monetary elements, but sure. I see a lot, I see a lot of technology being built in crypto, a lot of digital technology, a lot of coding being built. And I think uh, it's harder for the older people to recognize that, but uh, people are coming around, you know, people are really getting interested 
uh, they see the new monetary system being built and they, they want to be a part of it. Right. Yeah. But like you're, but like you're saying, it is daunting, right? It is daunting because it's quite overwhelming. And I think even for us had it been the space for, you know, seven, eight years, uh, just the, the pace of innovation is, is absolutely insane. Right. So like even with Coinos, like I'm excited for Coinos because I know it's a, it's a newer L1. And even with like Luna is a great example of what a new design of L1 will do. And if you look at, you know, the technology being built, that's the same thing that happened with the internet. There was a time where you had Netscape, you had AOL, and then a Google comes on, a Chrome comes on. So we're going to continue to see that in the L1s as well. And the L1s are basically the infrastructure of crypto. That's how I see it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So how do we, uh, how do we counteract that, right? So for financial literacy, when you're, when you're dealing with people who are already somewhat sophisticated, which I mean, people participating in DeFi manually today are, you know, fairly sophisticated compared to the average investor. Yes. Yes. Um, how do we bridge that gap? How do we make education easier? How do we put this tool in more people's hands? So that's it. So are you familiar with the Alice app? No, I'm not. Okay. So you have Anchor Protocol, which is an amazing protocol, and it's pretty manual to get there. It's not that hard to get there. I'm on Anchor, right? But um, And I live in New York, so that's its own set of issues. So right. there's a lot of – I have a, definitely a lot less access to some of these services and some of these apps. But you have a company like Alice that comes out and basically does the connections for you and puts you on Anchor, and all you have to do is – connect your bank account to Alice, which connects you to Anchor. So right. you're, you're going to see, you know, and, that, and that's the thing with Web3 too. I mean, with Web3 too, with Web3 as well, like people are, there's going to be a, a huge, huge amount of the population that's not going to care that it's powered by blockchain. And then you're yeah. going to have the, the investors that are going to be aligned for it and positioned for it to take advantage of it. So, you know, it, Self-development is kind of hard sometimes. You, you have to, you know, I try to inspire people to show them that it's actually worth it, right? It's actually yeah. worth, you know, looking at your numbers and doing the behavior and understanding cash flow because uh, everybody wants to invest, but investing, you know, great investments won't make up for really poor cash flow, right? So that's the challenge. So we teach the language. Uh, we teach entrepreneurship. We teach all the assets, including crypto, uh, a little bit of economics, you know, and uh, full personal finance, positive cash flow, negative cash flow, FICO, uh, spending behavior, and just try to show people that it's worth it. I mean, if the average person just reverse budgeted and put 20% away, they'd, they'd yeah. be all set. They'd be all set. But on the other side of that, you have digital money, uh, not, not even crypto. You have all this online money, the Venmos of the world, and access to credit cards. So it, it just makes it, it makes the self-discipline such a bigger issue these days, right? Yeah. Like e- even, even the same type of self-discipline as being on TikTok or Netflix, as opposed to doing your work, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, they're, they're a lot of fun, right? But you have to get stuff done. So sure. I think that's, that's the biggest challenge these days. All this technology is amazing. There's a lot of things you can do with your phone, but you know, how do you control how you spend your time and where you want to get it. And that, that's the hard part. So hopefully on Twitter, I just try to inspire people that's worth it and try to save them from, you know, having some bad first steps in crypto, but you can only do so much and people have to look into it. And even DYOR, you know, you get a lot of this terminology in crypto loop that just gets abused, right? You right. know, like 
You know, we're never going to have full decentralization, but we'd like to have more decentralization than what we currently have. Right. And it's hard to do your own research on every single project, but you really have to. And hopefully, you know, you have a community of people that you can rely on and, and do it together. So those are the challenges. Right. And obviously we're the the role of income is a little bit harder. We have a lot more income instability. And, and that's also part of technology, too. Like technology is this massive uh, deflationary force. Mm-hmm. Right. So, de- you know, like technology and scaling has taken a lot of like middle management roles out of work. And you're seeing that now. It's a lot harder to the average person doesn't quite earn what they could. And now maybe they're doing a side gig or they're doing whatever to kind of figure it out. So it's challenging, but it's worth it. And there is a lot of opportunity out there, but it's just a different route. There's a lot more non-traditional routes that are needed now to get to where we want to, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point because I mean, with everything, but I think it's, it's acutely uh, the case with, with crypto is you have personal freedom and, you you have to make decisions for yourself that are beneficial. Um, you know we're not in the days of you know your your entire investment is just your pension with your company, right? Right. Uh, you you actually have to put money in your four hundred one k and purchases and you know you, you can't just buy a house and work for a company for thirty years and be good. Those day, those days are so far gone, and it's. So much more self-awareness, so much more uh, self-management, right? Yeah. To to kind of get there, and, and and it is a lot of responsibility for the common person these days, right? Like you're not as supported, um, and you can't blame the companies either. You know, we we are designed to, we are really a capitalistic for-profit type of economy too. So you're only as valuable to the companies for whatever your role is and what you bring in. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just more acute now. That that's the issue. It's just so much more obvious <laughs> than it than it ever was. And I would think I would even argue in the '90s and the 2000s, you know, you would be pre- paid pretty well just for being average. And right. you know, being average now doesn't pay the bills like it used to. I think that's that's part of the issue. And there was even a time years ago where if you, as long as you worked hard, you would you would do fairly well for yourself. And now uh, for sure it, it's, you have to work it really smart. And I think financial literacy is a big component of that, you know, for the younger people too, you know, my kids are younger and I just, I didn't like the way it was addressed. I didn't like the way it's being taught. Uh, we weren't teaching enough business and, you know, you guys are at the point now where you can't afford to really mess up your twenties. That extra 10 years of compounding right now is huge for you guys. So our hope is that by the time people graduate high school, they'll be in good shape. They'll know what to do. They'll manage their college costs. They'll maybe start build a business and they'll figure it out. And uh, that's kind of the best we can do right now in all fairness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Coming out of high school and immediately taking on six figures of debt for college is brutal for a lot of people these days. So uh, yeah, the, the college, the college thing's really interesting too, because the college is, the whole COVID thing really exposed um, potentially it, it did validate online education, which I think is great. Right. And um, I, I don't know where you stand on homeschooling, but homeschooling is a major movement now with the younger people. And I'm not um, pro homeschooling as much uh, really depends on the parents, you know, and, and, and the school system. 
but there is going to be a lot more self-education either way. I'm a fan of hybrid, right? You get what you can from the schools. You learn what you need to on your own. And, you know, you should never stop learning just because classroom's over. So I think people are getting that. I think your generation is doing a great job at that. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about cash flow because you, you talked sure. about this before. Um, for for people who, you know, maybe they're they're just interested in buying Bitcoin um, or, you know, they're fairly new to investing in general. The concept of cash flow is kind of foreign, right? It's just right. I make money. Maybe I buy some crypto or whatever with it, but there's no concept of cash flow. It's just money in, money out. Can you explain right. what, what it is and why it matters? Right. So if you if you if you deconstruct personal finance at the most basic level, you're going to have your earned income, right? You're going to have your spending, and then you're going to have your investments afterwards. And if you make a hundred thousand and you spend a hundred thousand, you're not going to have any positive cash flow, right? If you make a hundred grand and you spend it and you put another 30 on credit cards, now you're at negative cash flow. And the issue with credit card debt in general is that it tends to compound. It tends to compound at a rate of 15 to 25% every year. And that actually kills your future cash flow. So what we like to do is we like to teach reverse budgeting where every piece of income that comes in, you put 20% away into savings. You know, you get your cushion. The traditional way was you would save to have an emergency fund. You would then, uh, once your emergency fund is big enough, you would then get into vesting. Um, I do think crypto is changing the rules. I'm, I'm about to write something to completely redefine that whole process, by the way. But um, it's a little bit tougher because there there is a cost of living and there is a lifestyle. But essentially, you know, you want to, <clears throat> the challenge is obviously instant gratification uh, versus being patient. So, it's all about time frames, just like investing, you know, obviously I do want people to live their lives. Like I don't want people to, you know, be, uh, you know, living for the paycheck either, like we were just talking about. But if you could just put away, you know, even five or 10% when you're younger, even if you're, even if you're not making any money, even if it's like five or $10, it really is the habit in the beginning for the young people where you yeah. just get, you get used to not spending all your money. And then an amazing thing happens once you do that. Uh, once you start seeing your investments work and once you start seeing your investments grow and once you see your net worth kind of take off, all of a sudden now you're not wasting your money because you see how powerful your money is. So when we talk about cash flow and positive cash flow, you can break that metric down really simple into your personal savings rate, right? So if I make 100 grand and I'm able to invest 20,000, my PSR is 20,000. If I make a hundred and, you know, maybe you have a great job and you live in a cheaper area, maybe you're in a smaller town or you're in the South and you make a hundred and your living expenses and your cost of living is maybe only 40 grand and you can put away, you know, uh, 60 grand. Now all of a sudden you have a $60,000 personal savings rate. And guess what? You're going to, you're going to get to where you need to be really quickly. Right. Not only that, not only that, if you're a positive cash flow every month, you can take that extra money. It, it kind of acts as an emergency fund, by the way. You have new fresh powder every month that you can allocate into investments. So I think that's really the the basics. And I think a lot of people get away from that because it tends to be a little bit more boring, but it is that important. So yeah. once you're once you're positive cash flow, man, every paycheck you're able to invest or save and get ahead. And then you're then you're able to add to your positions. Like for example, this downdraft in crypto for the last two months, like I've been buying it. I'm, I'm pumped. Like I bought more coinos. I bought Luna. I'm, I'm buying uh, some DeFi stuff. 
And not everybody can do that, right? If you don't have positive cash flow, you can't take advantage of market opportunities to the same degree. So really, it just provides an amazing flexibility. But on the other side of that, you can't buy everything you want all the time. Just like we can't eat everything we want all the time. It's, it's really similar. It's amazing. Like There's such a tie-in between personal finance and nutrition. Yeah, it's it's really so similar. So, you know, hopefully, you know, the message starts to stick. I think people understand that they have to kind of look out and, and do, you know, do the right things. And hopefully they, they believe that that they're worth it. Right. Because that's the other part of it, too. Like, if you don't think you're worth it, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. Um, it's tough with with crypto because the culture that's come up around, you know, buying crypto assets is very much uh <laughs> i'll say irresponsible uh oh for sure there's a lot of hype there's a yeah. lot of hype in this game right <laughs> a lot of hype um you know everybody's a degen or degenerate um that you're aping into the coin without doing your research um right and it's <laughs> it, it definitely sets people up if you're if you're new to it and you don't have good personal finance hygiene um right Great you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna come in and, and do well for yourself i mean so you can still do well like you know if you buy the right coin and do really well congratulations you made it but you know maybe you took on too much credit card debt to get there you were right bridged you know the, the risk was way too high it could have gone the other way very easily and that sort of thing so it's a great point. I, I think I think you bring up a probably one of the biggest misconceptions about personal finance is a lot of people want to deploy money into investments, uh, and they're they're hoping for that moonshot. Yeah, that that investment will save all the small errors they make in personal finance and cash flow, essentially, because right. that's our culture. Our culture as Americans is predominantly take a pill. Right. <laughs> right. You know, do you, is there a pill that we can take to fix our problem? Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's just not how it really works. Right. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you know, I mean, I wrote a, a crypto guide for newbies, just kind of explaining the space, yeah. and getting them comfortable. It's done well. I think we've had over 1500 downloads. Nice. Um, I don't promote. I don't like to self-promote. That's my biggest issue on Twitter. <laughs> you know, I'm a big I'm a big networker, but I, I've never been a huge self-promoter. Sure. I feel like I feel like let the work prove itself and I'd rather network, you know, and I've been a sales guy forever. So yeah. you just get kind of you get kind of sick of selling after a while. Right. <laughs> but uh, the, the literacy stuff's fun, man. It's great. You know, we're going to be we'll be nationwide probably in two or three years, which will be awesome. But we're just making the connections and getting the exposure out. Um, <laughs> so what what crypto projects do you like, Luke? I mean, what, can we talk about crypto a little bit? That's just such a more fun conversation for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, mostly I'm into to Coinos. Um, okay. I I have a little ETH. Like I I believe in Ethereum and Bitcoin. Um, I but yeah, most of like I'm a fairly new entrant into this space, mm -hmm. so uh, I'm seeing Coin and where I think it's going. Mm -hmm. I think that that's really my my path to being a larger player in the space. Right. Uh, so. I'm more heavily weighted to that than if I had a lot more money in crypto already. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm a Coinos fan as well. Um, as you know, <laughs> it's one of my, it's one of my bigger, uh, investments actually. 
Yeah. And uh, a couple of my friends there that do the research, uh, they brought me in about a year ago. Okay. Obviously, obviously I'm, I'm excited for it to go live. Yeah. Hopefully. Is that second quarter or third quarter, somewhere around there? Uh, um, yeah. That's, that's the thought right now. It'll definitely be this don't know exactly when cool no and i i love what they've done i love that they have the languages um i believe in the way it's been built i love the team um but what's funny is i think luna is a great case example of that like there were obviously early investors to luna and obviously we're early investors to coin us and have you ever heard the term uh price is the ultimate meme no i haven't all right well it really is like nothing there's no better advertisement than something that's going up in price. Uh, yeah. So I would think one day when Coinos gets to 10, it'll be on everybody's radar. Sure. And I would think when Coinos gets to 50, you'll have a lot more people looking at it, embracing the technology, seeing what these guys have built. Yeah. And then when it gets to 100, you know, we're going to be in the conversation with Mona. And I don't know how long that's going to take, but I'm, I'm not thinking it's going to take forever either. Just right. on the way they built it. Just on the way they built it. Um, Ethereum. Ethereum reminds me a lot of early internet companies. Yeah. Um, the gas fees are too expensive. I like that. I like you know. I, I'm a huge Bitcoin fan, by the way. Like Bitcoin, the way it's built for what it does. I think Bitcoin is emerging as the premier collateral between countries, between uh, corporations. I think Bitcoin is going to absolutely emerge as that. And I think fee, you know, I don't think fiat will go away, but I think Bitcoin will strengthen the fiat system, right? And I think we've been seeing the game theory play out in Canada, Ukraine, and Russia. You know, for example, like these Russian citizens that maybe didn't want the war, they were cut off. They were cut off from traditional too. Yeah. So what, what saved them has been the uh, Ethereum. Ethereum has been a huge player. Bitcoin has been a huge player. So it serves a purpose. Um, all currencies across the world have been used for good or bad that'll never change yeah. right and uh you know you you do know that like we had commodities back in the day that was considered money we've had coins we've had paper so it absolutely makes sense that we're going towards digital right so uh, i'm not as incredibly bullish on ethereum long term sure but i think i think it has a great runway i what, what i think we're seeing play out is that the newer l1s that are built better with better technology they're going to supplant a lot of the older L1s. And that's just normal for technology, right? Yeah. Um, lately, I've been getting into cash flow. Uh, I bought a couple nodes. You know, I'm still working my way through that. Uh, I think that's the other amazing element. Like, you can basically do any type of personal finance solution within crypto. There's, there's DeFi for cash flow. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. Uh, I think we're a little early on the metaverse. We're a little early on Web3. A little early on GameFi, but if you want to have the safer investments, I think I think a lot of the good L1s are safe investments because that's just infrastructure and everything's being built on top of that, right? Right. So I still I still like Matic. Uh, excuse me. I think long term, I'm still a Cardano fan, even though it's not trading as well. Okay. Um, and that's about it. You know, I think Avax is nice. I mean, Sol's okay, but like I wouldn't ape into Solana either. Right. You know, and there's a lot of VC money hiding in these L1s and there's a lot of VC money hiding in the metaverse, too. The bigger surprise, by the way, is I don't know if you've seen if you've I've been talking to a lot of my friends. You're going to see a lot of Nasdaq companies jumping into Web3 and metaverse. Sure. They're going to they're going to buy their way into exposure. So I think one of the mistakes a lot of crypto investors, one of the bigger mistakes that they make is they think it's just going to be 
uh, it's not all going to be pure crypto exposure. Like you're going to have some stock companies coming in as well. So right. they, they kind of forget that. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> they kind of forget that the competition, it could also be public stock companies. Yeah. And I think the ga- I think the gaming companies are a great example of that. Like Activisions of the world and all them. They're going to be huge players in the metaverse. For sure. Have, have you jumped into any NFTs like I have recently? Have you seen my NFTs that I've been rocking? <laughs> I, I, I've seen a couple. Yeah, you, yeah. You're getting into that. Uh, I thought you. Um, what was it? You were you were introducing your boys to to ApeCoin. Then yeah, so I I got my boys at uh, Gutter Punks. They're they're a really cool community. They have like some Web three utility and they have a, they have a great team. Yeah, and then you know because I think that's the key too. Like if you're going to teach financial literacy to young people. It has to be relative, right? And and that that's like that's where our program differs. Because like, when you were in high school, were you really concerned about your retirement? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all, right? That couldn't be the furthest thing away from where you are in your life, right? Right, right. But you know, you you probably wanted to run a lemonade stand. You probably wanted to make some money on the side, and you probably want to learn that type of stuff, right? Because at least that teaches you money and it teaches you business, right? So I yeah. think I think that I think that's where we got it right, and I think we're not we're not trying to complicate the picture. And I think I think that's the other thing too. Like people want it explained simply, and they want it explained, you know, in a manner that they can kind of understand. And then I think after that, man, people can go and complicate whatever they want, right? But sure. keeping it sim- keeping it simple and direct really is the way. Yeah. Uh, what what else am I doing in crypto right now? That's pretty much it. I'm I'm kind of like I'm happy with my NFT projects for now. Yeah, um, I'm in I'm in this uh, dream what they call dream catchers really cool project with uh, Tim Cook. That's kind of cool. And he has a financial uh, literacy element to that, too. So I'm going to be teaching financial literacy to that community. So that's really cool. Sure. I'm done with NFTs and I'm going to really get myself much deeper into DeFi over the next month. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to start doing some looping. I want to start getting into some of these uh better projects. I'm going to stick to two chains though. I'm going to stick to Luna and Kronos on the DeFi and that's cool. it. Cause I feel like you want to understand the ecosystem and you don't need too much. Right. Um, right. You know what I mean? But Luna, Luna is a great story. Have you looked into that one? I've seen a little bit. I haven't really dug into it. Yeah. They've done a wonderful job. Doquan built a beautiful uh, system where uh, they have stable coin exposure in UST Sure. And, and when, you know, and they have uh, Anchor kind of, you know, a lot of investment coming into Anchor on the APY for that, where Anchor is like a savings account that gets you 19.5%. Right. So that's just a great example of crypto enabling somebody to help pay off debt or get better cash flow or better, you know, better returns for their money. Right. And then the other side of that, you have the uh, Terra, the, the blockchain coin. And it kind of rebalances. Right. So every time somebody buys uh, UST, they burn the Luna. And then theoretically, if it's risk off and um, people sell the UST, they'll create more Luna, right? But on the other side of that, like they're doing what we would want to see in Coinos. Like they have a really robust developer community, right? And that's how, that's obviously how you measure the L1s. Like I, nothing would make me feel better to see Coinos developers coming in, loving the fact that they can use whatever programming language they want, loving the modular design. And just getting involved because of the economics and because of the mana and how they how they treat gas fees like that would be amazing. You know, I'm a believer. I really am. Yeah. But the the hard part is you still have to execute. For sure. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's the challenge for a lot of these projects. Like, and 
it's unfortunate that in crypto, like there's so much fun and there's so much haters. Like people think like it's either their project and if their project doesn't make it, then they have to go crap on somebody else's project. That's, that's the bad stuff that we have in our space. Right. But that's also because we're so social media driven and there's so much discord and, you know, as you're built, as you're building community and you're building hype. Right. So uh, anyway, yeah, this is good. Hopefully you'll feel like what we've, what we've been talking about for the half an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess my my strategy is uh it's a very long-term look like i i am heavily into coinos at the moment but like long term i'm i'm doubling down on that ecosystem so like yeah i'm, I'm building my own things there i'm trying to help build up that community and Good. uh if it takes off like you and I both think it will, then I'm positioned well that my, my stake in coin will be enough that I can then start, uh, you know, participating in other things in the ecosystem. So DeFi on Coinos, NFTs on Coinos, and that's right. So I, I see Coinos as being a, a long-term player where right now they're very niche and not really well known. Um, yeah, I, I would argue they're not even on the radar right now. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, yeah, main cause it, that, so because they're not aggressively marketing, right? Right, right. You know, yeah. their their mar- their marketing is is not the priority right now. They're they're literally trying to build it right, build it the right way, build it, and they will come. It's kind of like uh, Field of Dreams, essentially, but right. for but for an L one, right? I get that. I respect that. I really do. Yeah. But yeah. you might, you'll probably eventually diversify some of that, I will. you know, so way over time. Yeah. So ha- yeah. has anybody given you the analogy that one year in crypto is 10 years of stocks? Yeah. Yeah. Does that, that makes sense, doesn't it though? Yeah. It is crazy. Um, it's crazy. Because yeah, like I'll, I'll definitely diversify over time. You're, you're right. I'll, I'll pull some into Bitcoin at the very least. Um, out into real estate and that sort of thing off chain. hundred uh, percent with you. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to buy my uh, retirement house in South Carolina from Coinos. Yeah. You know, I'd like to, I mean, Bitcoin is, is the store of wealth, right? If you really think about it, like, for example, I don't know if you, do you look at macro a little bit? Do you look at the other markets as well? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really surprised gold hasn't traded better. Yeah, I'm really surprised gold's not over 2000. And I, I would have to think that has to do with the opportunity cost of Bitcoin that people just don't believe in that story. I mean, gold has been corrupted in all fairness since the yeah. 50s. I don't know if you looked at it, kind of like what happened. And it's uh, it's just amazing. It's really interesting. So I, I think one of the cooler things about crypto is that economics have come back into vogue a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it is a newer monetary system. And I think, you know, like when I studied economics in college, I found it to be super boring. Yep. But now that, I'm, now that I'm older and I'm in business and I understand economics, it's just a major edge. You know, yeah. I, can look at any, I can look at any business, see where the margins are. I can break things down. I can understand, you know, what products are doing well and why. Uh, so I think that's just a huge thing. I'm happy to see that it's coming, uh, becoming more popular again because it's kind of been a forgotten, a forgotten application. But Obviously, with crypto coming on, people are looking more at fiat. They're looking more at the economies of the world. They're looking more at the resources. So I think that's been a really positive, uh, less um, less appreciated part of, of the crypto story. 
in the last 10 years. Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, I've been heavily invested in just understanding and going deep on personal finance for 10 years more. And only when I've gotten into crypto did I really start to understand more of the macro, like why, you know, how USD really relates to the rest of the world, um, how crypto uh, currencies are really currencies and how they relate to everything else, the difference between assets and legal tender and that sort of thing. So um, there's just a lot of nuance with our financial system that you don't have to learn to manage your money well. Right. But as you get into crypto, you start to see, you peel back that those covers a little bit. Well, the, the interesting part, if you're going to be a successful investor, you're going to want to understand macroeconomics, right? Because you could be in a stock company and it could have its earnings, right? But there are going to be plenty of times where, you know, for example, with the, with what's the unfortunate war in Ukraine, you know, that that macro risk, like right now we have the war in Ukraine, we have inflation, I think medium, short to medium term inflation. I don't believe in long term inflation because of technology, by the way. Sure. Um, and, I, and obviously, I'm, you know, obviously the last two years don't support that. But if you look at the long term trend since the 80s, you'll see that there's been a ton of deflation. Right. And the yeah. money, you know, it's right. So, uh, and that that's a, that's always an interesting argument too, because good luck explaining or trying to have a debate about inflation and deflation. Like everybody understands inflation, but you know, deflation is not as there. But um, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I do stocks are fine. Like you should be in your four hundred one ks. You should have your IRAs. But in the bigger picture, like after tax money. Mm-hmm show me a better place to be than crypto right now for 20 or in 2022 to 2030, where else would you rather be? Where's the better opportunity cost? Right. Um, The issue, the issue is, you know, people want the meme coin to do the work of of a real project. Right. That that's the problem, you know, and then you have people hoping that they can take $5 and turn it into a million. Yeah. Yeah. And, And that's, that's just not realistic. Right. But I mean, it is possible to get a 10 X and a 20 X in crypto. If you're willing to wait five years. Right. You know, but uh, the YouTube and TikTok people that tell you, you can do it in a week. Good luck. I mean, yeah. even, even, even the flipping NFT thing, which is totally fine. You know, I'm, you know, obviously I know the projects I'm in and there are times I want to go on open sea and buy some things. Uh, lately I haven't been able to because of the ridiculous gas fees in Ethereum that pissed me off. Right. You know, like, for example, the NFT that I want to buy was 170 and the gas fees were sixty five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what 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 is that? Hang on. Let me look. Let me look at the percentage of that. Hang on. So here, let's see. Uh, 60, 170 and 65. So 65 divided by 230. That's that's just about 30 percent of the total cost. I mean, that's right. a major that's a major fee. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, and that pisses people off. Right. You look at the recent um, launch of the the Vayner Sports Pass. Yeah, right? I heard about that. Crazy. Yeah, they they raised like eight million worth of ETH, and the the people minting these ended up paying like twenty six million in gas. That is amazing. So let me see that. That is crazy. So the value went to gas. 26, 26, 26, 28. Wow. Yeah. 
So the numbers are just way off. Yeah, when you yeah it is. <laughs> it, it Essentially, it's just not efficient, right? That That's the issue. So, and, and then, you know, every time Ethereum rallies, the gas fees are out of hand. Right, right. It's, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. it, it's not an efficient market, right? That's the problem. Exactly. And, and gas, to be fair, in its time was a fantastic innovation. The problem right. is that all of these other L1s are copying the same model when there are alternatives. So that's why I'm particularly bullish on Coinos because they're the only ones solving this that I can see. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, the because the difference is if you can raise 8 million but have to spend 26 just to do that, you're, you're missing out on a lot of demand from the market. So it's bad right, for creators. Right. It's great for miners, but it's bad for creators. But you, you, you never had that dynamic in traditional finance. You never had brokerage costs so yeah. steep, right? right? I mean, ever, ever. And in fact, if you look at where we are now with traditional finance and stocks, you have stock slices, you have fractional shares, you have no brokerage whatsoever. And then here we are in the you know and stages of crypto with these tremendous gas fees. And you guys have all grown up where that's not how it's done. You're not expecting to pay those type of fees anymore. Right. So it just it just doesn't it just doesn't gel with where we are in 2022 at all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. My 401 is all like super low fee ETFs. And so it's like 0.03% expense ratio and you know with with crypto if you're paying 75 percent on buying an asset it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and and by the way for stocks uh, i'm a huge fan of index funds i'm a huge fan of etfs by the way and i i don't even think people should be chasing alpha i think they should just be in the indexes be in the etfs and if they're gonna hunt for alpha do it in crypto because that's where the alpha actually exists right now yeah, you right. know, the, what, in the stock market, really, what people are really betting on is called beta, where your your stock or ETF is um, rallies more or sells off harder based on their index, just based on the financial profile of the company. I mean, the only companies that really produce alpha in stocks is probably a handful, right? It's 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 Amazon, it's Tesla, it's companies like that that have significant moats and outcompete. Right. And maybe if I spent a few days, I could come up with 10 names maybe right. that actually really generate uh, alpha. And then meanwhile, you have all these L1s in crypto that are going to generate amazing alpha, like real legitimate alpha. Right. Right. You know, even Matic. Matic should do really well. You need an L2. You need those L2s to, to do their job and connect everybody. Interoperability is a huge play. So it really is an exciting time, man. That's the thing. Like, being in stocks for 20 plus years, it's like, okay, I've seen that rodeo before and here we are with it. It's just that, do you think people have a hard time recognizing opportunity in the present? Cause that, that's part of it too. Like they don't always believe what their eyes are showing them. Right. I, I, I think that's part of the problem too. And to be financially literate, you really should be able to recognize opportunities, right? you know, and, and yeah. have a longer time frame on it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's way more fun to say, ah, if only I'd bought Bitcoin ten years ago. But you know, I'm still not going to buy it now. <laughs> well, you want you want to hear something interesting? Um, everybody forgets that you could have bought Bitcoin for thirty five hundred in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, we all right. just gloss right over that, don't we? 
Right. Everybody pretends that for if you really want to make money in Bitcoin, you had to buy it in 2011 or yeah. in the beginning. But that that's actually a fallacy, is it not? Because after the the ICO crash, Bitcoin went all the way down to 3,500, and you could have bought Bitcoin at 3,500 in 2018, I believe. Right. Right. But you you didn't want to buy it then because nobody believed in it or people were flooding it. Right. But what a great time! I ended up starting to buy it on the recovery. I bought it at uh, 10, 12, mm-hmm. 15. But, you know, I wanted to see price kind of prove itself. But the true believers could have bought it at 3,500 and they would have, look at that leverage. Right. You know? Oh, that's awesome, man. All right. So we're, we're almost out of time here. I want to hit one okay, more. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, the, so for people who are buying crypto today and are mm-hmm. starting to see gains that, you know, you don't find outside of, outside of this asset class. I mean, maybe if you're into venture capital or something like that, but at that point you're already fairly wealthy. Well, you, you real quick, I don't want to cut you off. You understand that what you, what we've done in Coinus is basically we bought Coinus like a private equity firm would have bought stocks. You know that, right? Yes, exactly. And, and that's, that's why, why. Yeah. I, I treat anything in crypto. I, it's like you're a VC. Don't put your money. hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Because in tradition, and if you were in a traditional regime, you would have never been able to buy Coinos um, at at the release with their fair distribution. You know, a VC would have bought it private, and they would have sold it to the public at ten dollars. Yep. And look at all the leverage that you're able to get in just by being a really early investor, right? So I'm happy to be I'm happy to be patient and wait because uh, you know I believe in the team and everything. Sorry about yeah. that. I just wanted to get that out of oh, there real quick. That's fine. That's a good point. Um, but for people who are getting into this, the, you know, if you've never had wealth, I, I don't want people buying into Coinos or any other project to come out of this as a, a gambler. You know, they just won the lottery. Let's go blow it all on a house in the wherever and, you know, a Lambo and drugs and hookers and whatever. Right. Um, so, so what, a, what, what advice do you have? for people who are, you know, first time being wealthy from, from this, how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, it's tough too, because some people, um, you know, I dealt with a little bit of it as well. So first things first, um, great question. Number one, don't try to trade crypto. It moves really fast. It's really volatile. The only thing that I've seen in my years close to, um, the volatility of crypto would be the energy and commodity markets and buying those type of stocks. Yeah. So there is a lot of volatility and it, it doesn't always move in the manner that you would think. Um, I am a huge fan of securing and storing your wealth in Bitcoin because sure. I feel like I feel like it is really safe. Um, you know, sometimes we do get lucky and early success is fine, but um Enjoy it, you know, and, and get into some real estate and diversify. I think building wealth is one thing. I think people hide in being diversified when they're trying to build wealth. Like, I think if you have conviction and you love a couple of years, you've done your research, like you should go pretty heavy during your wealth building stages. But as you do become more successful and you do have the money, you want to diversify into real estate, um, get into some stocks, spread it around a little bit because, it is Bitcoin. And the, the bigger issue, too, Luke, as I'm sure you're aware of, 
Uh, what do we got? About 17,000 coins and tokens right now. I knew we were at 16.5 a while back last time I looked. I mean, maybe 5% are going to make it. Yeah. And and that and that's the challenge. So if you are in a, a project that's not great and the crypto market rallies, I mean, I I do think that's a great time to take some profits and convert it into Bitcoin. Your ultimate goal is to get to one Bitcoin. You know, keep 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 rolling it up into stronger, harder assets. You know, uh, some of the stuff that we're talking about. And, you know, I do have the crypto guide to kind of help people get comfortable. Uh, it's up to people, you know, whatever. Like, I don't plan on retiring. I want to, you know, I'm going to probably be semi-retired, hopefully, you know, uh, doing a national circuit on financial literacy and helping spread the word and changing lives. So that's kind of like my semi-retirement plan. I have my partner, uh, you know, uh, Paul Richmond does it too. So we're just building our team out. Uh, you know, I'd like to see people travel and get those in, in real life experiences, right? And I know we've all forgotten about that during COVID, but you know, life is amazing. There's a lot of amazing experiences. They don't all require 20 grand to go see North Carolina play Duke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I, and I think that's what people really miss, like go hiking, get outside, you know, go hang out with your friends, you know, and that's the whole point. So for me, everything I'm doing is I just, I hate to see people uh, become slaves to their, to their bad finances. And I just don't want to see that be a barrier. I, I'd love to just see people be able to, you know, have an impact, live their lives and be happy. I just see what financial pressure does and yeah. it's tough. It's really tough. So that, that's why I'm here. And I don't like how people aren't looking out for the younger generations. You know, I think these phones are kind of dangerous sometimes. So we have to kind of empower the younger people to know what they need to do. I don't like that. It's, Oh, you guys will figure everything out. Uh, yeah. At least with, at least with personal finance. So that's why we're actually in schools. We're actually going to get it into the schools like we actually listed on Amazon so they could buy hard copies. So that's the movement, you know. Yeah. And I appreciate it, man. This was absolutely amazing conversation. I hope I was able to give you some good answers on some things. Absolutely. Yes, it was a great talk. So, awesome. Jonathan, for, for yes, listeners uh, who maybe aren't familiar with you, where's the best yeah. place to find you in your work? Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at Bloom Life Skills. You know, um, that's it. We're, 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 it is financial literacy month. So we're going to be updating the course. Hopefully we'll have it in about a week or two. Um, but I, I don't want to promote the old one. I want to give people the best product and, uh, it's aesthetically looks nice. There's visuals. So we get it, you know, because back in my day, it was just about having great content. You would read the content and understand it. Now everything has to be, uh, everything has to look the part. So we kind of understand that too. And then I, I really like spaces. I think anybody that wants to learn should really be on spaces. You know, you can learn so much from people that want to give back. Yeah. So I think spaces is a great time. We do spaces where I'm on spaces a lot. So uh, how about you? Do you like Twitter for the most part or do you find it a little uh, annoying sometimes? <laughs> Twitter's all right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've traditionally been somebody not super into social media. So yeah, uh, still getting used to uh being out there but yeah yeah twitter twitter's tough but you know like i met you through twitter and it, it really is an amazing networking platform first and for foremost sure. so if, for sure. if you look if you look at twitter for networking it's amazing so cool thanks a lot man this is a lot of fun it's really great to hang out with you for an hour absolutely yeah this was fun thank all you. right well that's all the time we have so thank okay. you so much jonathan uh my pleasure join me next week for the coin press podcast bye for now all right i will thank you Thank <laughs> you.